podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. 2020 has presented its share of challenges, and some of us are taking a hard look at our future. Can you imagine owning your own business? As an Amerispec franchise owner, you can have more security and control over your future and be there for your community with an essential service year-round. You could join the most recognized brand and home inspection services, Amerispec, and provide peace of mind to home buyers. With low startup costs and excellent operational support, you can be a business for yourself, but not by yourself. Learn more at join podcast. Well, they walked into Madrid with hope in their hearts, and they'll walk away with the greatest prize in club football. Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool's King to the Cop are champions of Europe once again. Ooh. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Cop and Fracker. The date is April 14th, 2020. We're still on lockdown. There's still zero live football on TV. Chris is at home beating his meat to last night's quarantine radio. So you're stuck with me <laughs> fine. <laughs> and today... <laughs> the thing is, that is what he's doing. So anyways... Oh my God. Today I've got a full house in terms of the cast. Harold, how you doing? I'm alright, man. Not too bad, thanks. How are you? <laughs> I'm alright, man. I'm, I'm just trying to survive here. I'm not going to lie. Right, Mike, Mike, how you doing? All good on my end, champ. How good are you? Stuff. I'm alright, I'm alright. Ellis, General, you good? Yeah, what's going on, man? Yeah, I've got a magnum. I'm good, fam. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> and Anik, how you doing, man? Yeah, yeah, good. How you doing? I'm alright man, I'm alright. Alright, cool. Before we get started, let me just plug the socials super quickly. So, if you haven't done so already, please follow us on Twitter, at CoppinFracker. Make sure to subscribe to Touchline Fracker on your favourite podcast platform, and please send in your five-star reviews whilst you're there. Whilst you're listening today, make sure to join in with the convo with the hashtag TouchlineFracker, and that's it from me. So, we've got a few topics we want to discuss today. Um, One current day topic and two nostalgic throwbacks. Um, So, the past seven days, there's not really been much being said, much going on other than the furlough crap. Um, But, there was an interesting quote that came from Jurgen Klopp regarding Saudi Amane. Um, so yeah, lads, what do you think of what was said? Um, in terms of what was said, if you haven't heard already, 
what he basically said was um, they were discussing when he first met Mane, um, when he met him in Dortmund or in Germany or whatever. And he basically said there was a really young guy sitting there. His baseball cap was askew. The blonde streak he still has today. He looked like a rapper just starting out. I thought, I don't have time for this. Our team back then really wasn't bad. Ellis, when you saw those quotes uh, mid last week, how did you feel? Oh, for, oh, for fuck's sake, man. Here we go again. Um, it just reeked of ignorance and um, prejudice. Um, obviously, it's one of them things where... Uh, I want to say it's one of the things black people have a stereotype and um, and Clover just fell into it, really. Um, all that, oh, I haven't got time for this, to me signified like, yeah, he's got a... He hasn't got an attitude to work hard, which we know now that Mane, that is not correct of Mane. He's a player who works really, really hard. And um, I think Klopp, from, from the quotes, from the quotes, yeah, reading the quotes, it seemed like Klopp was saying that uh, he didn't have time to um, to sort of massage egos and try and tell someone he, he's not ready to play. And that, again, judging his... Judging by his parents, he's a parent trying to say that he has he's got attitude problem, hasn't got time to massage his ego. So it was a bit it was a bit of a nasty quote for me personally. And that's not to say that club is a racist or anything, but it was just ignorant and a bit prejudiced. Yeah, and it's like it's not something that we haven't seen before. Like football is full of ignorance and prejudice. Um, 100%. It, it was just quite upsetting the fact that you know someone as carefully worded as Jurgen, like. Usually he's quite good with stuff like this, but um, I guess he was shown his ignorant side there. And obviously it could be something that, you know, maybe he was ignorant in the past and he's kind of learnt to be a bit better with his words and his thinking. But obviously the way he portrayed that situation really wasn't good. Uh, Mike, what did you think of it? Because obviously I saw you put out quite a few tweets about it, but what's your general um, points on it? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I was I was really wound up by it. Like, I think for me, because it was just it's just so ignorant. You know, Manny's Manny's re- immediately written off in Klopp's mind. If you base it on that quote anyway, I'm sure maybe there are other factors, but he's immediately written off Manny based on solely on his appearance. And there's no way he would have made the same sort of negative judgment of a white player who dressed in the same exact way. And I guess one thing that we need to say is that the quotes are made in the context of listen, this is how I perceived Mane then and I kind of made a big mistake, guys. Yeah. Now look at how amazing he is now. I mean, it's made in that context, but it still doesn't excuse the comments at all. They're just so poor. And I think for me, the big the big problem was it was someone like Klopp that was saying it, someone you sort of seen as a very progressive, mm. you know, articulate, intelligent man. And he's able to kind of sort of make such an ignorant and, and blasé comment about Mane. And yeah, it feeds into the problem of how black players are perceived. We see it with Raheem Sterling all the time. And, you know, how he's judged negatively for buying his mum a house. But then when it's Paul Foden, for example, he's praised by, like, the Daily Mail, the Daily Mail sorry, he's being, like, a role model, blah, blah, blah. We see it with Pop all the time. He likes to have a dance, have a good time. People have a go at him. And then when James Madison does the same thing, it's like, oh, look how cool James Madison is. Mm. So, you know, it's just, it's just a, it's a societal thing anyway. It's just, like, you know, sort of black men, black women as well. But it's a problem where they're sort of judged negatively. And then sort of when a, a sort of white person does the same sort of thing, the same negative judgment is not sort of placed. And 
Yeah, I, I guess it's 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 a problem. Like, one thing I would say though is on Twitter there is a lot of like people people. There are some people who are genuinely upset with the comments and sort of rightly criticizing them. But there are also some people who are kind of using it to kind of score points. Like my club's more racist than your club's sort of thing, and it's a bit it's a bit childish, really. Like by all means, criticize the club's comments because they were appalling and they're not okay. But the whole point scoring thing on Twitter is just bananas. I, I, I've never understood this whole like, oh well, like your club's like more racist than you know. It's just guys grow up, like address the racism and address the comments, but be genuine about it. Don't like use it as a chance to like score score points. It's it's a serious issue, racism. You know, it's not something that we should try and trivialize. And it's also not like a, a club problem. I know Liverpool have had problems with sort of Suarez and Dalglish, obviously with that whole incident and. Um, obviously with these comments, but it's not a Liverpool thing, it's a societal problem, and Klopp is obviously a member of society, and he's sort of reflecting sort of views that are quite prominent in society, so I guess that was something that was kind of irking me when I sort of seen the reaction to it on Twitter, and yeah, I listen, I, it would be nice if Klopp kind of acknowledged the comments were bad at some point, but mm. I, I think it would sort of be a thing where the club would sort of sweep it under the carpet and pretend like no one was upset about the comments. But yeah, the thing the yeah. thing with Klopp is he's very active. So like, obviously, he doesn't have a social account that we know of, but we do know that he's very active on social media. So he does yeah. read the comments of fans. So he will know that you know, like, it riled people up. Like he he's not going to be he's not going to be ignorant to the fact of that. Um, Harold, what did you think of what was said and like the reaction to it? Yeah, so I think, unsurprisingly, I think Mike worded it quite perfectly and how the reaction to it. And <clears throat> I'm, honestly, I am a black man before I'm anything else. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to excuse the comments of Jurgen Klopp. And he was wrong in thinking that. Um, what Mike did adhere to as well, he was saying that we must give him credit for, for actually saying how he felt because there was no onus on him to actually speak out on how he felt. There were, I'm sure there have been other managers who thought the same thing, but maybe not gone out and say it. Say it. I'll give him credit on the on the on the fact that he would go out and say that he thought of, he thought this way, and and he then went on to correct it. But that being said, that doesn't that doesn't excuse the whole thinking about it. But like Mike said, it is a societal problem, and it's just the kind of thing of being a product of your environment. In, in all honesty, um, when I was growing up, it was very much a case of all. Oh, dark skin is not is not so it's not so very nice so i grew up thinking that okay i need to be lighter skinned for instance and then all of a sudden dark skin started to come into into like fashion if you like so yeah so that's like a very soft example but i'm just trying to show you that albeit like what he said was absolutely wrong and it's not okay like he it's not it's it's not only him it's 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 a bigger problem that we need to solve kind of thing it's not. It's not a Jurgen Klopp problem. It is a societal problem, and it's the overarching, like racism in football and the preconceptions we have and the presumptions that we have on certain people and their appearances that is largely frustrating. And it's what this really irks us is just people that forget the football just as people, and that's what we're trying to like get get over and like overcome in, in football, especially something that we all love, like regardless of our of our sexual orientation, our color, our creed. Like we just love the game of football, and it's very frustrating. Um, so yeah, so it's just it's a bigger problem that I wish. I'm happy that he's gone on and been like, okay, this is clearly not okay, but we just need to nip the problem at its source, kind of thing. So yeah, the thing the thing is like, 
the way I see it, it's managers like Jurgen that can really stop this stuff. But you know, like when comments like that come out, it really doesn't help the situation at all. And it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. That's what's annoying. Um, so I think that's what but really helped me. Do you know what though? I feel like I feel like he was saying it so he could show the error of his ways and so that he's shown some sort of growth before. Because I mean, yeah. even at Liverpool, where he fought, this was it was at Dortmund, which was some years ago now, yeah. right? So he showed that he is yeah. so growth. I don't think he was intention intentionally, but putting that across so to show that how ignorant like he is or anything. Like I think it's just so that he has shown growth. You know what I mean? So I'll excuse him for, for that front. The um, thing is, yeah, you, you, right. you, you can try and excuse him, right? But that's assumptive because he didn't actually clear cut say that. Does that make sense? So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, okay. we're, we're using our brains of like what we know of him from like a fan point of view to kind of say that, you know what, he's trying to show his error of his ways. But like, yeah. again, a rival fan could be forgiven for mistaking that as just pure ignorance anyway, because he didn't really correct himself, if that makes sense. He just kind of made it out like, yeah. you know what, I judged him He because to me he looked like a rapper. And then years later, I decided, I you know what, I messed up, I'm going to sign him. And that's kind of it. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going going down on the quote, he did say, um he did say, I think he said something about he's usually a good judge of character. And um I think he said that one he got wrong. So again, like far he said it was that was a bit open because it could be anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It no, wasn't really yeah, you know what I mean. So like yeah. I wanted to take it as yeah. Yeah, it was a bit wishy washy for me. Um I I would have loved him to say like yeah, I got that thing. It was a bit ignorant of me to think like that. Um, but yeah, you know, I I think that's that is something for me. I would have thought. I thought that that is what he actually said. He went on to backtrack and be like, "No, that was an error of my ways." Okay, fine. Mm. That's absolutely right. I think he dev- in that case. I think he could have used the situation in his advantage much more. But the problem is, is that I don't think he sees it that much of a problem, which, no, is, the, which is the which is the wider problem. That's the point that we're talking about. You know what I mean? Exactly that. Exactly that. I, I mean, even to that like, till today, you have people like Suness who are just constantly <laughs> judging. It's like, like Pogba. So sad. Uh, and it, it, yeah, and it, and it doesn't make sense because, for instance, someone like Pogba hasn't played up to ten games in the season, and he's still the topic of discussion. It doesn't. Well, what has Pogba done? It is weird, man. It's weird. You know yeah, I, mean? I know what you mean. Uh, as black players, black people, these are the things that we we suffer from. Like we're just getting judged instantly, uh, and it's it's a problem in society, like Mike said, man. So, like, Anik, obviously, I'm not trying to put you in the lion's den as like the non-black member of the cast today, but like, do you kind of understand what the other guys are saying? Like, from when from when you saw those quotes, did you interpret it the same way as everyone else? Because I'm really intrigued by like the differences from. Like different ethnicities and stuff like did you kind of interpret it the same way so when i first read the comment i sort of had sent similar sort of feelings to everyone else in the chat i thought it was you know extremely ignorant from him i did think it was a bit of a wrong move um but i think what what really got me was that on the back of everything that happened with the furlough the week before i think it just added fuel <laughs> Such fire a bad for week. other fans. Yeah. And I think uh I just think rival fans sort of use that to jump on onto the back of Liverpool, I think. Um that's that's my general view on it. But I, I do agree with with 
with most of what you guys have said. Like, you know, it was ignorant, definitely, from Klopp. Um, fair enough, he did admit that, yeah, it was his mistake down the line, but I don't think he should have just made those comments initially. Yeah, and, and like, again, you're right in terms of the the um, annoyance over the club and the way they've kind of been the past week. Like, that's also what I was thinking straight away. I was thinking, honestly, like... It's one thing after another, can't you guys just shut up? It's like the press officer wasn't furlough himself. Like he wasn't dealing with anything. So um it was a really bad week from a press press point of view. Like it set us back quite a bit. I think we yeah, were we, we were making so many strides and it just feels as if we've just gone back to normal now. Yeah, I think as as soon as I mean that that's I just thought, Oh, here we go again with the rival fans, you know, jumping on onto the back of Liverpool and I think what Michael said also, you know, it's like, oh, one club's more racist than the other. And, you know, I, I saw some, some stuff like that on Twitter as well. So, yeah, I just I just don't think it was a good time, really, for, for that story, especially to come out. Yeah. But um, did you guys see the Sadio Mane documentary? Like, have you guys seen it yet? What did you think, if you have seen it? Yeah, it was really good, man. I watched it with my little brother. It's very inspirational, very touch. Yeah, so he's, he's a good story because he's someone that's come from humble beginnings and he worked really, really, really hard to get to where he is. And it, and it, it shows in his work and it shows in his um in his game. He puts 110%. Um, he's under immense pressure. Like, there was a part in the documentary where the people of Senegal were very upset with him because everything he does for Liverpool doesn't matter but when you play for Senegal you need to win everything even yeah. if you can't win the World Cup you have to try and win the World Cup and unfortunately they got to the final in the last African Cup of Nations but they um, think they, they lost to Algeria but you can see the, the amount of pressure he, he's under just to one being the, probably the best player in his country um, being a world class star for Liverpool uh, even to building building a hospital in his village so that a lot of people are dependent on him and um and to be fair some people forget like these footballers are young men <laughs> they're like 20, what, 28 27 28 and they've got so much pressure on them and and just to be in that position man he's a, he's an inspiration and he's one of our favorite players in the um group chat just because of again the way he plays the way he handles himself very humble man imagine doing um friday prayers man's going to your local mosque you know what I mean, he, he helps so, like, clean up the mosque as well, and all sorts. Like it's not just uh, going to the mosque and playing. He actually actually cleans uh, up the mosque. So, yeah. You know so. Is, it, 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 even in the documentary, there was a part where they've made food, and um, like in our culture, like the West African culture, we all sitting sitting like together and eat from one plate. And he was doing that with everyone in some like obviously he must have built the house, but in a room with him and his siblings and his, his family all sitting. So it just shows the humility that he has. Uh, not every footballer can be that humble, but he is. So, yeah, he's a, he's a big inspiration and he's a big um, asset for Liverpool, man. Yeah, now I'm looking forward to seeing the documentary. I've not seen it yet, so um, I'm going to try and have a look at it this week. Should be good. Should be good. But, yeah, it, in general... Where can we watch it, um, by the way? Hmm? Where can we watch it? I'll send you a link. Don't worry. I'll sort it out. Yeah, don't worry. Um, yeah, if you guys want to watch it, just um, DM the Cop and Fracas account. We'll send it. We're not going to do it any other way. Otherwise, the account will get locked off. So, yes. <laughs> oh, sorry, there's one more thing I want to say on Amani. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, like, I haven't seen the documentary yet. Um, but just following on from what Ellis said, you can just tell his humility in the way he plays. 
he really does play like every game is like honestly the Champions League final. It means so much to him. It's like, that desire. I love it. So much desire. Honestly, he's such a menace. I'm telling you, he's like he he honestly plays with, with his with his full heart and he wears his heart on his sleeve. And you can tell like he, sometimes his emotions on edge and sometimes it might spill over like against Burnley um, with him and him and Mo mm. were like going hammer and tongs, not passing to each other. Like it does mean a lot to him. Um, and yeah, I think I think he's he's a great character to have on our team. That is, and and that's an echo of a sentiment I feel like of a lot of our boys in this squad. I feel like they're just a fantastic unit together. I know the reaction before he joined was very fifty-fifty when we were linked to him. But how did you guys feel yeah. when we were originally linked to him? Ellis and I got the same thoughts. I was like, "Why is hiring this guy, man? This guy is living." I was. I've got a story about this, by the way. I was very happy because do you know the season the season before we we played Southampton and, and he, he came off the us. bench. Yeah, and Scott opened game. his legs. I was, yeah, I was at that game and I was like, this guy's mad. Like I wish New Man was good, but you know we see someone playing real life yeah. and you're like, wait, what the hell? Because I think he scores like <laughs> both goals of his left foot. Yeah. And I was like, I'm yeah. this guy's right foot and he's like pammed two into the left into the top right hand corner of his left foot, and I'm like, this this is mad. <laughs> <laughs> so from you know that what, day, I was man is a guy. So even though he's debut for us against against Arsenal at the Emirates, <laughs> where he where he cut in on the right and smacked it top bins, I was like, what's, what's this guy on? That's still gonna be my favourite debut goal of all time. It's just the fact that the crowd oh, started man. booing. <laughs> and and then starts, starts doing the clutch, the, the calm down thing on on on, on clock's back. back. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was it's a work of art. He's mental, though. Yeah. I remember we were flicking yeah. him. I was so upset. I was like, "What? Why? <laughs> what money on him for? What's going on there?" It was a lot and of he... money back then as well. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Nah, we're we're taking a mick here from." Well, Right, what do I know from? Yeah, Anik, what did you think? Who, me? I was happy. No, no, yes, me personally, I was actually really happy. Um, Like, and you can eat, anyone can check my Twitter. I was defending the signing from day one. Like, I was like, he's perfect for the system. And that was purely based on anything that I saw in Match of the Day. I'm not going to lie, I didn't analyse him like loads. Just based off highlights of what I've seen. And the way he used to slap up Chelsea whenever he used to play him. I was like, you know what? There's something about him, clearly. And he definitely does work hard. And based on the way we used to play and the system we used to play, I was like, you know what? I can actually see him transitioning in quite well. Um, so I was I was actually, I was all for it. I was like, I don't really understand why there's so much hate. Like, obviously, we could have signed Goetzer or whatever. But if a bloke doesn't want to come to the club, why are we going to beg him to come? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I, I was really, I was, I was pro Mane, man. Um, Anik, what about you? So I, yeah. So I think initially, when you know, when when you read it, you thought, "Oh, it's a thirty million pound signing from Southampton." I was in, I was initially a bit apprehensive, but then I think after seeing him in his first game, I think he played out on the right, and I think that's when our system transitioned, and I think that's when Firmino became that sort of linking main forward. And I think as soon as that, you know, was there, you know, you had Mane going out on the right every time, and I thought. Yeah, this guy's going to be really good for us, and I think we even missed him for the African Cup of Nations as well for a bit of that season. That ruined our season. And I think, and it, yeah, I think yeah, we did miss him then. 
and then yeah i i think he also helped develop our system as well because then you know the next year i think Klopp, you know moved him from the right hand side to the left brought in mo and you know it just you know it just spiraled off from there um but yeah as i agree with all you guys i've got too much love for sadio do you think if he continued playing on the right he would be even better than he is right now 100% you think 100% you have to adapt to the but would positive. Mo? But then, if you put Mo out on the left, would it be would he be as good as he is on the right? Oh no, Mo, no, Mo oh. would be terrible on the left. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting and shooting. Mo's job on the left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of nah, man. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, I think if um, I think if he had played on that right, I think he would have got more goals. Um, him playing on the left because he had to take over Coutinho's role, so he was doing a bit more defensive work on the left so he was trying to adapt to that so you know his first few games on the left hand side was a bit a bit poor he wasn't as dangerous but because he was trying to learn that role trying to learn the um, adapt from being the outlet on the right hand side to the more creative guy on the left hand side helping your left back and also coming in inside drifting and being a playmaker so it was he had to adapt but if he had stayed on the right I'm sure he would have got so much better because his left foot is really good Really, really good. Um, you know, Ellis, it's funny you say that, but I actually think, I don't think, I think he's actually better on the left. And I only say oh, that because, mm-hmm. I only say that because of he's the type of finishes that he has. Like, yeah. I don't, I, I rarely see Mane on his right foot shoot across goal. Like, it will, you will normally, I mean, the, to be fair, he's never in a position to do it because he's never on the right anymore. But, when he's playing left wing, he cuts in on his right and he loves a curler. He loves, he loves I a love- pacey curler. Yeah. I, I I much prefer that finish, and, and that's not to say he can't he can't shoot across guy. I mean, of course he can. I actually think he has the most variety of finishes out of our whole front line. But I would I actually prefer him on the left. Mm. Yeah, can't argue with that, man. That's interesting. I think he's more. Yeah, I think he's more complete on the left as well because, like I said, he's a creator and he can score goals as well. So his, his game is Their definitely... defense is always guessing. They have no idea where he's gonna go. Well, the guy's mental, fam. I would hate... Imagine playing against that. He's stressed, man. Relentless. Bam. I think the biggest compliment we can give him, and I'm, I'm obviously speaking for everyone, but I think I'm probably correct, is that if he left the club, out of all our, out of all of our forwards, we'd probably be the most upset. Because, um, like, me... Yes. I'd, I'd be gutted I if, would. out of all of them, if Mane left, I'd be really upset. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm with you, honestly, and it's, and that's not to disrespect Mo or or Firmino. It's just I just feel like the, the package that he has is so rare. Pause. Like I just, I just, just, you just uh, pause, pause. My <laughs> <laughs> oh my days! Oh, okay, well, well, well Mane in totality, that's him as a player. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just fine, isn't it? The things he does. Look, I'm, I, I might have treaded on eggshells, but like, I don't know what to say. Oh, um, man. Yeah, you rattled me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I agree, I agree. <laughs> such a child, my goodness. <laughs> oh, man, all right, cool. So, yeah, that's the Sadio loving over. Um... In terms of what we want to discuss, next is 
a throwback game. Um, so we had a complaint earlier, and someone was like, "Why can't you do a throwback on something further back?" But it's like, you know what? We're gonna throw back to what we want to throw back to. And next week, if you guys have requests, you know, let us know. If it's a game from the nineties, let us know. If it's the noughties, let us know. Um, this one that we're gonna throw back to is Man City versus Liverpool Champions League um, in 2017-2018 season, second leg. We went into the game 3-0 up on aggregate after demolishing them at Anfield. Um, yes, Anik, how did you feel going into the second leg of that game? So, in all honesty, I think going into the second leg, I was initially nervous. Um, and I think I was right, because after the first two minutes, Sterling clearly fouled Van Dijk, shoved him off the ball, and then they went on to score. And I think that first half for me was definitely one of the most stressful as a Liverpool fan um, I think looking on paper you know they had three centre-backs I think it was Laporte Otamendi and Walker and you would have thought with our attacking prowess we would have been able to sort of get at that or even create a few more chances especially in the first half but I think that game you know we just let them come on to us and I think the first goal sort of changed everything um, and I think, you know, as, as we were discussing earlier, I think the wingers, especially for City, were really dangerous. You know, they had Bernardo on one wing and they had Sane on the other. But then between the lines, they had Sterling and David Silva. And I think that's what really, you know, caught us out and was stretching us left and right. And I think looking back at the highlights today, we could see, especially from the first half, the amount of chances City created. You know, they, they should have really gone in at half-time, you know, more than 1-0. Yeah, it's criminal uh, that they didn't. Yeah, well, tough. Um, and I think, you know, I think, you know, we made some subtle changes uh, at half-time. I think Klopp, he brought uh, Mane and Firmino back into the midfield and made Salah, you know, the main man up top. Um, and, you know... It was a, it was it was a lovely clip finish from Mo, and I think I think that's what changed the game. Um, but yeah, I think going into that game for me, it was it, 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 I was feeling pretty nervous. And um, I, I know, as I've said in the past, you know that was that that season or that Champions League run really did remind me of the sort of 2014 Premier League run we had. It's like you know we're on a roll, we're playing really good football. You know we're the underdogs. Um, and sort of going into that 3-0, I thought we should, you know, we, we should be able to hold on. But then I think just everything changed after the first two minutes. Yeah. And like, Mike, how how did you feel going into that game? Because um, like, I'm similar to Anik. I, I was like, the moment they scored straight away, I, I was rattled beyond belief. And the way they dominated the first half, I was like, you know what? I can definitely see them scoring a couple more in the second half. Um, but I also had the belief that, you know, we could catch them on the counter because it was quite clear what we were trying to do and we were just trying to counter them. Um, how did you feel? I was nervous as well, to be fair. And I, I think we need to remind the listeners of the context of that game and going into it. So I think City were like two weeks away from winning the league. They was literally... I mean, I think after they played us, they had a few good results So after they lose to us at Anfield. And the, the idea being sort of flouted about in the media was this never doubt the City side. And I remember on social media, their fans were up for it because obviously we had a coach incident the two weeks before or a week prior. Their fans were up for it, you know, we're going to make it a, a cauldron, blah, blah, blah. 
So I'm going into this thinking this is going to be a, a tough game because I think there are only like two or three sides that we've played. But I've like in in my whole time support Liverpool, where I've just been like, like these are just much better than us, and they could like just completely blow us away. And it's probably like the Arsenal side of like sort of mid noughties maybe the Chelsea side as well. But those games are quite cagey. I and mean, you obviously look at the City side, where the side can just literally blow you away in a second. And I thought, listen, we're going to go into this game. They're going to get a goal early, and then we're going to sort of struggle. And it's literally what I expected to happen happened. So Sterling gets the goal, or, or Jesus gets the goal, sorry, after a Sterling foul. And then the whole place erupts, and then they are literally in complete control. And one thing that gets lost about the game, like in the aftermath now, we sort of look back on it now, was how there were so many good performances from City players that day. Like De Bruyne was absolutely unbelievable. Sané gave Trent a tough time, actually. So Trent deals with him well at Anfield. But at the Etihad, he struggles a bit. Bernardo Silva plays well. Jesus is playing well. Sterling's, Sterling's playing well. And it was such a tough game for us. And yeah, I mean, there was one point in the first half, though, where there was a bit of a reprieve for us. And I think it's when Ox gets a chance. So we kind of break quite well. Ox gets a chance. He fires it. It's not a good chance. Like, in terms of the way he takes it, he fires it over. But that was the point where I thought, okay, let's try and get to half time and breathe and relax. And there was a point where I knew we'd win the game, and it was when Pep gets sent to the stands. Yeah. I thought the heads have gone now because they put everything into the first half and they only have one goal to show for it. And then when Pep starts going to the referee's face, starts clapping in his face and all that, yeah, I thought, yeah, we've, done, we've, we've survived the first half. That was the storm. And they should have scored three or four goals in that first half. Like, that's no exaggeration at all. And the fact that they didn't, I was just like, yep, you know, we've won this game. And then when Salah scores the goal, oh my gosh. The sigh of relief, right? It's just relief. I've never felt that with a goal before, ever. Like, it was just relief. It was ecstasy. It was everything. And the celebration's my favourite ever because Salah just stands there in front of the away end. Like, yeah, I'm the man. His arms out. And he's like, yeah, this is so easy. Look at me. I'm the best thing since sliced bread. And then all the other guys going crazy. You see Oxy shouting in his face. And for me, <laughs> it's just so mad. So, yeah, it was, it was a crazy game. I, I just don't understand. Can't forget, uh, Go on, Anik. Uh, I was going to say, can't, again, can't forget Mane's role in that goal either. Yep. You know, the way he just burst through, took out Edison and just left it there for Salah to, you know, clip it in. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's another example of his hard work. Um, you know, like he gets into some of these situations, which kind of have have given Mo quite a lot of goals. Um, it's a it's a lot of Mane's hard work that kind of gets Mo goals sometimes as well. So yeah, got to big him up. What? I know. <laughs> huh? That's what I'm saying. Come on, man. Like, Salah, Salah works hard for his goals, man. Come no, on. no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Yo, I'm a massive Salah fan. Don't don't get me wrong. But Mane does, you know, like he does a lot for the other two to score their goals as well. Like, let's not forget that. Like, people talk about Firmino being a really hard worker for the other two. Fucking Mane is just as hard working as Firmino. So, Salah's the creator, but in terms of the, the running and the legwork, Mane does a lot of that as well. And he, like, sniffs out a lot of chances. Yeah, I agree, I agree, I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean it in any other way. I'm not um, shameless like Krish. Um... In terms of <laughs> fuck Chris, man. In terms of in, ter- <laughs> in terms of Pep getting sent off, I don't really understand how how one, how one club can rattle him so much. I've never really got it. Like, why is no, it? Do you know what is though? No, 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 no. Do you know why though? It's because 
they had a goal that was perfectly legitimate, ruled out. <laughs> <laughs> For no reason, fam. And, and you know what? You, you know what drives me to this day, yeah? What really pisses me off? Ox was on the line with Sane. How he managed to clear Sane without touching the ball. Yeah. I was so ra- I keep watching this goal back and I was so rattled. And then I heard um you had Steven Manaman on commentary. He's there like, oh yeah, it's obviously offside. It hits off, comes off mill now. Yeah, yeah, he's obviously- I was like, what do you mean? Do you don't know the offside bro? Like, no, offside. <laughs> bro, oh my goodness. My heart was in my mouth at that point, man. My goodness, it was mad. And they hit the post. I think they hit the post yeah, from Bernardo. Yeah. yeah. Oh my and, and, and that was after Lovren just touched him with his head onto the post as well. Man. Yeah, they were they were all over us in, in the first Oh part. my word. I the think that's why Pep lost his head, man. So that again, Ellie? I think that's why Pep lost his head, fam. He just yeah, couldn't, he yeah, couldn't, yeah. couldn't understand that. Like, he couldn't he couldn't gather his thoughts properly, man. You know what to say. Do you know what? I literally I watched that game back today. And in the first 45 minutes, guys, we strung one sequence of pass, passes together. That is, uh, it was utter Crazy. domination. It was literally, there's that one sequence where, um, where Chamber goes on to, goes on to like smash it when he goes around the keeper. And he, he, yeah. he smashes it like out of the park. But that yeah. was it. Like we literally did nothing else. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was hazardous to watch. Yeah, they, they, even, they had even, even watching it. Even watching it back, I had to tell myself, don't worry, Harold, we win this game. I was like, don't worry, somehow we'll win 2-1. Because I keep watching it thinking we're going to lose. Like, it was just, it was nuts. It was nuts. But yeah, man, it was, it was, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue talking now, Fahey, sorry. Um, so, yeah, first half was, yeah, madness in itself. Um, and just to echo, just to echo what Mike says, pure elation when Salah scores that goal. I was, I was talking to a couple of guys on Twitter, um, like, a few days ago, I was just there like, yo, this goal, like, it was, that, and, and they were like, the only goal that comes close was um Origi, like the last minute one against Everton, or, and I was giving them like, against Barca and those kind of goals, but it was just, yeah, it was pure happiness. It was, it was, it was a crazy game, and when it works, it was a masterstroke from, from Klopp. But yeah, man, it was good. What was mad though, yeah, was seeing the team lineups. Mm. Like, I saw, um, I, t- I was like, crap. I was like, we had, we had Carrier in goal. I was like, what the heck? Totally forgot. Um, we had Clavan come on in the last few minutes. Um, we had Nathaniel Klein who came on <laughs> after Trent went off. Like, yeah. it was like 10 minutes to go. I was just there like, damn, like, our team is, team is so different. But, no, nah, man, I was, I think this was a, the biggest indication of what was to come from Klopp's Liverpool. Um, and that's just brute efficiency. That that that's a good description. Uh, I'd agree with that. Ellis, how did you feel? Like, in t- you know, like you know, like watching it back now. Do you find it any different in terms of the way you're analysing it? Because obviously, when you were watching it at the time, it was just pure like you know emotion. You, yeah, exactly. Whereas now, you can actually watch it with a clear head. Do, do you see anything different? Yeah. Um. Yeah, obviously I would have watched that the quick highlights. But that, that first half you would have you thought that we didn't manage the game as well as we could have. And I think that it, the first half is not what obviously what Klopp wanted. He wanted a bit of like calm head, um, just play with the football. I think who did start in midfield, I think it was Milner, Ox and Genie, innit? Which yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm correctly, yeah. So um it it's not the three that you want. 
to that dictate the tempo, but you want them to get on the ball a bit more and just be calm. Um, I just point, don't know how they could have though. L. Like, that's the thing that it. <laughs> They were playing against what Silver Squared, KDB, um, Sterling, Sane. Yeah. It, it was just, it was mad. It was hands to, to that. Obviously, I think with with that few three in the middle, I probably Klopp just wanted them to like shut down the lanes as quick as possible. Yeah, that, yeah, that was it. Yeah, and it was and so that, hard because Sane was literally on the touchline. Like he was, he had chalk on his boots. If I've ever seen any, like it was so hard to go out there marking because. You go out there, you leave space in the middle, and then that's when Silver loves those pockets and breaks through. So you see, and that's yeah, that's what makes that like, Pep one of the best in what he's doing. What he's doing, he's, he's telling, he's telling, he's telling Sane, yeah, just stay there, stay there. And now Silver's just popping up over. Bernardo Silver's popping, there, Sterling's popping there. How do you call? How do you like control these men? Can't. So um, I think obviously us riding our luck and them just getting one goal really helps us because then. Like Mike said, we've gone back into we've gone back at in at half time, come back at we've changed the shape. Then we started to play a bit of football. Um, obviously for that for our, for the Salah goal was great football. With Genie turning on the six months finding Ox, Ox finding Mane, then Mane obviously trying to score. Then Salah's there. Even for the for Firmino's goal, he bullies Otamendi. Comes in with a great finish. So that second half we really dominated. Was able to control the game better. Obviously, City's heads have gone. In terms of a standout performer from our side, do you kind of remember one that kind of sticks out? I was thinking this as well, and honestly, it's so hard to give it to anyone because I would say Salah, but that 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 would be pure emotion. He literally did nothing else apart from score that goal. <laughs> he, he he didn't do anything else. <laughs> like, um, literally, he's got to be one of the midfielders. It's probably like Genie for that second half. Yeah, Genie. Yeah, Genie. Yeah, yeah, he turned up that second half. Absolutely dominated the football. They couldn't touch him, man. Yeah, because like that's... really and truly in that game, we hardly had any of the possession. I think it was like thirty-two percent or something. So yeah. <laughs> that's mad. Yeah, yeah. For, for Liverpool to only have thirty-two percent of the ball kind of shows like, what our game plan was. And it's funny because the following season we went there and the possession was fifty-fifty in a, in a league game. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of funny how like the team uh, developed and evolved in like, that space of what. Six months or eight months away, it was. It was crazy, man. And you know, we were discussing Genie just a second ago. I, I want to kind of take it back to. Um, I don't know if you guys have listened to the official touchline episode on Sunday. Um, and there was a question that came in about Genie, and the question was, Is Genie Wijnaldum world class? What do you guys think? Is he world class or not, based on what you've seen for the past three seasons? No, not for me. Very, very good player though, but not world class. Um, I just feel that some some of his performances sometimes are not desired. It's too like he turns up for the big games, but then the little games goes missing. Doesn't really touch the ball enough. I think his performance is a bit hot and cold to be like consistently yeah. class. But yeah, yeah, not, yeah. I mean, not everyone has to be world class. He, he's very good though. He's very good. No one can ever say that. So I said. Um, he won't get into Man United if everyone's fit. He won't get into Man United midfield, which I thought I found very insulting. Like, no, he he definitely would. You know, I was saying so he would, but obviously he's not world class. Like, he's not. 
a KDB, but he does what he has to do very well. What, what, I think he's what are your thoughts, of... Oh, go on, Harold. Oh, sorry. No, 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 I've definitely, I've definitely spoken. I've both spoken of Anik Hugo. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like him. I don't, I don't think he's world class, but I think he fits perfectly into our system. He's strong on the ball. He keeps us ticking over. I think he's very much a clock player, and I do like um, the sort of influence he's had on our team. But as I agree, as I agree with Ellis, I, I don't think he is world class because he doesn't show show it really in in the smaller games. But, but yeah. I've, I've, I think, I think he's a good enough team, a, a player for our team. I think he lacks that X factor as well. So, like, the reason we're signing Naby Keita is because we need more in the final third from our midfielders. And Genie's probably the one out of, like, out of Henderson, Milner, even Ox. Genie's probably the one you'd think, when we signed him, we're going to get some goals from this lad here. I honestly thought he, he was a goal-scoring midfielder. Like that. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. And he's he was got, like... He's like two goals a season. He'll score like two of the biggest goals you've ever seen. But like he is a two or three goals a season man. And that's fine. Like the rest of his game is solid and he's a really good player. But, but I, don't, I don't think that's down to his class, ability. I think that's more down to the system that we put him in. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's I fair. That's fair. That is fair. But I, I do think he lacks that kind of expertise that the world-class players or world-class midfielders have. Like you compare him to like your likes of De Bruyne, probably even Pogba to be fair. Like they have this X factor where you just sort of see them on the ball sometimes. You just think, "Wow, like how have you done that?" Yeah, yeah. You know, like what I are you doing? Yeah, just, I don't know. I think, but the thing is, I think with Genie, I think he's capable of world class performances, which a few yeah. other players are, to be honest. But he's just did, the fact he doesn't do it so consistently makes him not world class. I think that is yeah, that, yeah. That, agree. That's, agree. That's it in a nutshell. If he does it more often, absolutely amazing. Because the, the one I would the X factor part, I think. I agree with you. I, I agree with you to an extent. I think it's a bit harsh. I think in the games where he does play very well, his ball carrying abilities are second to none. Like you just will not get the ball off of him. He's tenacious. He's relentless. Like, and he is like he's he's on the ball. Like he just I don't know where is he pops up like Lampard when Lampard used to ball in the big games, but then in the smaller games he sits back and he, he likes to go side to side with Hendo. It's it is a bit it is a bit weird. And obviously, like Fahi said, that a part of that is to do with the instructions he's getting from management, which is completely fine. However, performance-wise, we've still seen that from our front three. We've, we've still seen world-class performances. We, we can call Mane and Salah um, world-class players, but when I need to do it a bit more consistently to be in that upper echelon, in my opinion. I think one thing with Wijnaldum that doesn't get mentioned a lot is how tactically astute he is. Um that that that's probably what I would say is one of his main selling points. The fact that you know he can actually carry out instructions to a T, and I think that's one of the reasons why he was actually signed and he's able to play multiple positions in centre mid. Like we've even seen him pop up on the wing and we've even seen him pop up up front. Like Klopp clearly trusts him from a tactical point of view. If that makes sense, yeah. Um, he he has, uh, in my opinion, he has the ability to play anywhere across the across the three positions in centre mid um, and obviously we've seen him like perform second striker yeah we've, we've seen him play as a second striker we've seen him perform for Holland as well further forward so he, he has it in him but yeah it, it's, it's a really really weird one I, I you know like before people used to say our fans used to say with Wijnaldum you'll only see once he's gone and we all used to laugh about it but I'm slowly starting to kind of 
get what they're trying to say because I can't work out. He's 29 years old and he's got a year left on his contract. Now, if he leaves, I can't work out who would be a a sufficient replacement for him. Someone that can actually do what he does in the sense of the amount of positions he can play, the way he can retain the ball, the way he can pop up and score if you really need him to pop up and score. Like I don't really know of a midfielder like that. I don't know if you guys can think of anyone. I can think of someone, but he's not having the greatest of times at the moment under Jose and Dombele. But then he, his fitness isn't there, is it? Yeah, no, it's true, no. it's true, it's true. No, no, you're right, you're right, that's what I'm saying. But Leon and Dombele, yeah. I'm having. Like, he, he, I don't know what's happened since he arrived in North London, but he looked very different to the, to, to the guy that was chilling in front But But I, I would say that version of him, I reckon, could should be able to do what, what Genie does. But no, I, I agree with you, though. I, I echo your sentiments. I do think he is hard to replace. And I, as we get a bit older, and we get, I don't know, in, in our old ages, we start to appreciate a bit more about these little players, about the little things these players do. That's, that's how I feel about Henderson this year, you know, honestly. Yes, I think... Go on. Uh, I think Liverpool are looking at, um, there's a young French player called Somer. Is it Somer or so? Uh, I think he's at uh, Lille or something like that. So they're looking to. Well, I saw a report that they want to replace Genie with him, um, another big, athletic, um, probably tactically astute midfielder, which is which is what you want. And yeah, uh, again, is he PMP? Like, literally, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You yeah. know what? You know what he just did, Ellis. Ellis, you know what he just did. You just you just did the Stephen Hawking d- definition of PMP. You know that. Man went all the way around. I was like, Ellis, get to the, the point, world. man. <laughs> like, what are you trying to say? I'm getting with Genie. My problem with Genie is that he's got all he ticks all the boxes, yeah. But like, let's say he's playing as a a number eight in it. So in a number eight, what I would say is a, a a good performance is you have a lot of touches of the ball. You try and play, mate. You try and dictate the play. You try and control the play. Sometimes Genie doesn't do that. Sometimes Genie's got like 26 touches in 90 minutes. Like, bro, come on, fam. Yeah, he, that's, like, that's... there's games where he's literally anonymous and he doesn't do anything. Yeah. But in those games, like you said, far, he, he's tactically astute. So he's holding positions where you won't, you won't clock it until like, after the game and you do a deep analysis. So like, he's blocking a lot of lanes. He's, he's following a lot of runs. But again, you're in midfield. Uh, we want you to do a bit more. In, with, with the football in midfield but that's the, Els, Els, hmm. the thing is you know and to back him for a sec you know what but I, I do think that is just Liverpool though like we're yeah. not we're not midfield focused no nah, we're not at all we're really not it's, it's just get the ball on the wings and then cross inshallah more, more times to be honest get the ball get the ball as quick as possible to the front three that's that's just what yeah, we yeah honestly all, all, more so recently Trent get the yeah. ball to Trent and let them work his magic give it Trent which there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But again, I like Genie, man. I, I would miss him if he was to leave because he's one of them dependable players where you know, all right, cool, he's playing, all right, safe. You know, he's there. You, you can depend on him. Um, yeah, eight times out of ten, you know what you're going to get with him. Oh yeah, yeah, you know what you're going to get. And and if it's a big game, you know what you're going to get. Yeah, oh, I love being in a big game. Oh, big, he loves it himself, bro. He, he loves, loves it, bro. I love when he plays a big game. Yeah, he loves the lights. Like, he loves the lights. He loves a little. Little Wednesday nights, Sunday evening. He loves it, man. Even against oh. um, even against um, Atletico Madrid, he was fantastic. Oh, he was man. so good. Man. He was really good. So, so good. in the chamber, that midfield was just like flipping out. Oh my god! Like, 
Do you know what I'm saying? So you get games like that, man. You get him, but you can't. You can't. Yeah, man. He does his thing still. Big up, Genie. If you're listening, my G. Gucci Genie. Come on. <laughs> yeah, his, his trim is still a one, man. Skin fade. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> world class skin was... fade. World class skin <laughs> fade. I'll give him that. <laughs> world class skin fade. World class drip as well, man. Come on, man. Guys, too clean, fam. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird one. I'm I'm really intrigued to see like what we do with him in terms of does he sign a new Connie or not, or like how we replace him. I'm really and I do honestly feel like we're only going to really realise how important he was to our cog of like midfielders once he leaves. Um, yeah, it's a really What's, weird one. Is it because he wants more years? Because I think he wanted a bit more years on the contract. I think we're offering him two years. Yeah, I mean, he's at that weird age, isn't he? Like, th- this is a problem Arsenal used to have back in the day with, like, 29-year-olds, where, like, they only want to offer a certain amount of years. And it's like, they want more certainty, as in the player wants more certainty in terms of game time and, and the amount of Connie years that they get. But, like, we're obviously thinking a bit more, like, financially, like, you know what, his resale value is going to be X amount, we signed him for X amount. Do you get what I mean? There's all these different things that come into play. Yeah. Plus, he doesn't live with his yeah. family. His family lives in Holland. There's so many different things you can think about. So, um, yeah, yeah. It, I think we should give him the three years if he wants it, though. You know, I feel like he's earned it. And and not not only that, I feel like that that was more of a year dark kind of response. But but in terms of his like actual um, play, I don't really see him because the way he's well like, like like he's well conditioned. I don't really feel feel like he's yeah, gonna just yeah. fade away in his last year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially if you if you want him to sit back as well. Like I, I think if if you want to turn him into like a holding midfielder, like that we've been seeing more recently, like, he can continue doing that for like a lot. Yeah, a few it's true. Years, yeah, you're right. So. You're right. Yeah, it's an interesting you. one. We'll see. We'll see. All right, cool. So final topic of the day. Now I've just clocked whilst I've been talking to you guys that we've kind of discussed this already. So I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Um, I want us to kind of think of one player each that we didn't think would be good that turned out to be excellent. And this is purely based off the Mane conversation. So no one is allowed to say Mane. Well, I like this. Yeah. So one player that we didn't, we weren't happy with the signing or we were really unsure about it, but really proved us wrong. Um, I'm trying to think who shall I go with first I'm going to go with Mike can you think of a player that you were really upset with in terms of us signing that really shut you up Sturridge Sturridge what you You were upset with signing him yeah do you know what it was for me so there are two things right I, I went to school with loads of Chelsea fans that's the first thing and the second thing is it was like it was either him or Denver Bar so I remember like Chelsea ended up signing Denver Vardas that January and I wanted us to sign him instead of Sturridge because what I was hearing from my Chelsea friends was like oh yeah he's really he's really talented but he has like an he, like he's not committed and all these sort of things and then you then realise it's, it's kind of like the sort of things that you assert, that people associate with black players um, so it was a bit of like oh he's, he doesn't fancy it sort of thing Um and to be fair, I hadn't really watched much of him. So I remember the only time I'd been really impressed with Sturridge prior to him joining us was when he went out on loan at um, Bolton and he scores like 10 goals in 13 games. Yeah. 
And I remember thinking, oh, he looks a bit of a player. And then after that, he kind of did okay at Chelsea without really setting the world on fire or anything. He was just like, okay. So when we signed him, I'm thinking, like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. But, you know, there are better strikers out there. And then he shut me up immediately, really. And it's weird because, like, now he's one of my favourite players ever to ever play for us. Like, he has such an impact on me, like, because... I feel like I could relate to him in a way that I've never related to another player. Maybe Gerard's the only one that, that you could kind of feel that for. But like I felt like he was just for the streets. Like he was just for like for, for all the black boys, you know. Like he was just one Trust of us. He just played with this swagger, and he was just so carefree, and he was just like, I just loved him. Man. Like to me, apart from Gerard, he's probably my favorite Liverpool player. Man, like I just peak storage from like 2012 up until like 2014, 2015 was just. The best thing ever. So, like, he really shut me up, to be fair. Like, and then the catalogue of goals that he scores for us. Like, this guy scoring chips from the edge of the box. This guy scoring ridiculous headers. He's scoring goals in big games. That's the things people forget about Sturridge. He was clapping against everyone. Arsenal, goals. Everton, goals. United, goals. Everyone. He didn't care who you were. He would score against you. And, like, he had the celebration. He had the swagger. He had the charisma. Like, yeah, Sturridge for me is just like, I never would have expected him to be the player he was. And I guess his story is so tragic because he could genuinely have gone on to be one of the most iconic and one of the best players to ever play for us. Like, I genuinely do believe that. No, like, the stats prove it as well. Like, he was so close to breaking every record possible at one point. Literally. And what's weird about it, though, like, to be fair, is because, like, if Sturridge did as well as we all wanted when we sold Suarez, we might not be where we are today in that if he does well... Brendan probably keeps his job because I imagine, like, for me, the big thing that killed Brendan was he rel- he put all his eggs in the storage basket and the storage breaks down, basically, and he's injured for the whole season after we sell, we sell Suarez. And if star- storage takes fits, we have, we, have a, we have a relatively okay team that can make the top four. So you have storage, Coutinho, Sterling, and then you obviously have your midfield, Henderson, Allen, whoever else was there. And the defence was obviously what it was, but it was enough for us to get the top four. The main problem we had Correct. that season was we weren't scoring enough goals at some points of the season. We looked quite... Like we had Lambert and Balotelli and Barini and we just, there were no goals on the side. And then we only get like joy when we kind of change to the 3-4-3 and then we have like Sterling, Coutinho and Lallana as the front three and then they kind of work well. But yeah, I mean, Sturridge's story for us is just so weird because, I don't know, it's, it's, it's weird because we are where we are now partly because it didn't work out with Sturridge and like after sort of post-Suarez... And, yeah, it's just a shame. It really is a shame the way things were turned out for him in the end. And like, he's someone that I always keep an eye on and I hope like he's doing well now. And obviously he's got a ban. And I hope he's able to sort of find a club and sort of kick on and, and do well and sort of finish his career strongly because I really, I, I love the guy to pieces. I think he's a, like, he seems like a sort of guy you'd want to like, you know, have some dinner with and catch up and, you know, just talk to you. Like some footballers, I just think they're quite bland. And he's someone that just oozes charisma, oozes personality and just a phenomenal footballer for us, but only for a short period, unfortunately. But yeah, I love him to pieces. He's a hundred percent going to end up into him. Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now. He loves loves America. Go on, Harold. Yeah, I was going to say a quick word on um, on storage. I, yeah, I I loved watching storage storage play, but also he was fantastic for our media. Like he brought about the hip hop quiz we have on our YouTube. The um the whole the whole thing with him and the car ride with um making fun of Joe Gomez's middle name or something. Oh no, it was Nathaniel Klein's middle name. He's calling Van der Sar. 
Edwin. Edwin. Yeah. He was great vibes, man. Great vibes to have around. Yeah, top man. Hey, he wasn't. He wasn't like your, like your normal footballer. He wasn't robotic. Yeah. Like even when they ask him questions, you can just feel his charisma with it. Like when we're asking why well, you had a good game, you're like, yeah, you know how I do, baby. Yeah, yeah. Like that. <laughs> oh man. That, that's what that's what like drew us to him because literally he's one of us, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's literally one of us. So uh, yeah, man. Big up stories, man. Ellis, who who would you go with in terms of someone that really shut you up? Uh, Craig Bellamy. Okay, interesting. Uh, yeah, what, first important. time or second time? Um, let me say, let me say first time. Okay. Because the first time, obviously, the second time, I really liked him to see what he was doing. But that first time, I was like, oh, man, some dead signing, bro, with Craig Bellamy from Lyon, man. I think we went for like seven million from Blackman or something. Or was yeah. it a bit much? A bit more, so I should say. But um, yeah, we signed him and he got he got a few big goals. It was a decent finish. I a lot of passion, and you got to understand him more as a person when he played for Liverpool, because outside you think he's troublesome, he's a bit of a prick. But when obviously when you get to like see a player more often and you read things in like in the um in the newspaper and that, you should know that family's just someone that plays on the edge in it. Mm. And we've seen it again with like people like Suarez, even to an extent people like Mane. They just play on that edge. And that's the best way to get to get the best of him. And yeah, man, I really like Bellingham. You know? I don't know why. I just thought that he was sick. And then that transcended into the second time where he's matured even more. And he's um, where did we sign him from? Uh, where did we sign him from? Second time round. Second time was it? On, was it, three? Man City. it was Man City. Oh, we're going from Man City second time, right? So that uh, obviously I've seen him clap goals against Man United and he's played a bit better and he's come off yeah, it's a good side. Unfortunately, he like he was he had a mad knee, his knee was mashed, he couldn't really play all the time. But yeah, he was someone that I thought he did all right. And I thought he was sacrificed for Torres, but I thought he was he was a decent player, man. He he, he like gave us a bit more up front. He was better than Cal up front. But yeah, that's that's my my one. Interesting. Anik, how about you? So, me, I was torn between two players, but I think the one I'm going to go for is probably Jimmy Milner. I thought when when he came, I thought oh, he's, won, he's won a lot of trophies and Legend. a lot of experience. What a man. And I thought, okay, what is he really, really like going to add? Huh? <laughs> Honestly. That's why you like Anik now. It makes sense. I get it now. now yeah, man. Anik's my guy, man. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> continue, continue. Praise him, praise him, Anik. God. Well, you know, you, you know, he'd, he'd come to us and he'd won, you know, a lot of domestic trophies. And I just thought initially, like, how is he? How is he actually going to improve us? Is he going to be a bit part player? Is he going to be starting? And I think he came under Rogers, um, 2014, 2014, 2015 season. Yeah. Was it that season? Yeah. Yeah, I think he came that season, and then. You know, obviously everything, you know, transpired the way it did with Rogers, but I think under Klopp he's Sorry, twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. My bad. Yeah. And, and then yeah, so he had he had a short spell with Rogers and then I think under Klopp he's just he's in my view, I think he's actually become a better player. You know, he played left back one season for us. You know, he got the most assists in the Champions League, I think, in one year. Yep. 
he's just uh, you know he's, he's just a machine and i just think that you know he his experiences also that he brings to the team really does help us um and looking back on him when, when we first signed him i didn't think that he would you know i, I didn't think he would still be here in in 2020 but I think it just goes to show how much of a uh, you know true professional he is, and 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 the way he goes about his business. Um, I think it's for the good of the team, and um, yeah, I think he really does make a difference to us. Honestly, what, what I'm, do you guys think? I'm so happy we signed him. Like I was happy then, I'm still happy now. Like I remember the massive complaint everyone used to have, like Farouk, for example, part of the cast. He always used to complain about his salary. And he always used to say, why are we paying him so much money? And I get it from an ability, like from a ability point of view, when you put him on a pitch with other ballers, he does not stand out. I get it. But what he brings to a team from a motivation point of view, from an experience point of view, and also from a tactical understanding point of view, again, he can play so many different positions. Like, it's it's worth so much money. Like, what we, we got him on a free... He can play left back, he's played right back, he's played centre mid, he's played left wing, he's played right wing. We've played him in like six different positions. So he, he's he been like one of our best free signings we've ever had. Um, and Yeah, I think ever. he played yeah, left back in the Champions League semi-final, you know, goes and does a job there. And I think even at this year, the start of pre-season, I think he smashed the bleep test, didn't he? I yeah, think he, yeah, he he's always got wins the that still. Score in the whole team. So yeah, even then, you know, he's, he's a true professional, and yeah, I think I agree with you guys that he's best free transfer ever. Also, like when you um, talk to like the younger players and stuff, and like I've seen in loads of interviews when they talk about like um, players that helped them through um, awkward situations and like when they need motivation, they always mention Milner, and like they're always like, you know, Mil- Millie always helps me out with this and this and this, and like. That kind of player is like priceless in the team. And I know like we all love the ballers and all this stuff, but there's so much more to football than just ability. That there is the the mental side of things as well. There's the experience and there's the dressing room stuff as well. And I just feel like that stuff, because we don't get to see it, we can't appreciate it where you really should be appreciating it a lot more. That's me. I agree with that, man. I think Millie Millie does a lot. Um and it's testament to him that Klopp wants him around for another year. Um, even even take for instance this season in the FA Cup, um, where he's I think I don't know where everyone else is, but he's there sitting by the by the coaches and that shouting instructions. Yeah. I mean, think little yeah. things like I, that. I think <laughs> I think off the pitch as well. You know, he does. I think he's really really crucial to the team in the dressing room and stuff. I think he's um, yeah he's really important. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Great choice, Harold. Last man. What are you thinking? Mine is none other than Mohamed Salah. Okay, okay. So you were hesitant on him. Yeah, because obviously I saw him. Um, him and he's he's slightly smaller Afro in the Chelsea days, way back when. Um, struggled to to do much. His shots were wayward to say the least. And Mourinho didn't have the time of day for him. And back then, I didn't really understand how much of a terrorist Mourinho was. So I just thought, okay, he's obviously up now to scratch. Not not too long, not, not too long um, in between. Um, KDB will also go on to be a victim of Jose Mourinho, and then I started to put two and two together. Um, obviously, even seeing him at Roma, I was like, the goals he's scoring. I was like, what's going on in the Italian league? It's always been stereotypically 
um, like quite tight, fairly slow. But every time, I just feel like the defenders were so naive. This gave him so much space, and he would just run on and do a fairly simple finish. I wasn't taken aback from him, and I can't remember who else we were linked to at the time. But there always is someone else that has a bit more clout at the time um, that we were interested in. So remember when we were talking about money earlier, it was Goethe. And I was like, oh, Hadassi got chemistry with Klopp already. We should sign him. Yeah. Obviously, he went on to score the winner. He scored a winner for Germany as well in the, World Cup, in the World Cup final. I was like, oh, okay, this is like, obviously, this is a big deal. It must be a very good player. Mm. Um, so there was someone else at the time with... Um, Julian Mar- Brand. It was Julian Brand and Pulisic. Uh, and was uh, there was one more as well. So Salah was fourth choice. Um, let me try and think so who I'll- it is. But yeah, yeah, why why try to think? But then I was just thinking like, oh, this guy, this guy's nothing special. I didn't... And obviously, this is only a year after um, Sadio. So, the, 30, the 34 million, I think, something like that he cost, yeah. it's, it's still, it still feels like a lot of money. It's so hard to say that in today's day and age because I think the Neymar transfers come and messed everything up. Um, but that was a lot of money um, way back when, especially for a club like us who weren't too... Which you always hear us say we weren't too far away from bankruptcy um, not too long ago. So that's, that's a lot of money to um, put into a player that we weren't, that I wasn't too sure about. So I was like, okay, cool, prove me wrong. And even when he started in 1718, I was like, this guy, like, this guy loves to miss a chance. He was you know? frustrating people. Oh my yeah. gosh. I would, if anyone told me he would go on to break, um, he'll break the Premier League record, I'd be like, yeah, shut up. Like it, the, the one game that, that absolutely rattled me was the Watford game at Watford. Yeah, right the on. first game of the season. There were so many chances. Oh, and what's messy is that the, the one goal he scored was the goal that shouldn't have even been his. Firmino, he, like, yeah, yeah. He just, he just <laughs> about kicked it in over the line. I was like, this guy, he's absolutely rattled. Even against City, bro, City away. Oh my god. Yeah, it was yeah, we, he had the chance at 0 0, didn't yes, he? Yes, yeah. See, um, before Marley got sent off. Oh my days. Yeah, uh, all of that. It absolutely, it absolutely killed me. Like, he, he loves to miss a chance. Now I'll just tell, like, this guy is so frustrating. And I was talking with my friend, and I was like, mate, if this guy could convert chances, honestly, he would smash the record. Like, we thought, we, we thought like, that no one would get, get close to um, Suarez, do, Suarez that getting close to it again. But this guy should absolutely obliterate it. And even when he got 31 goals, it was, it was like another four-game wait before he got the 30 second. I just felt like he was overly um, wasteful. But by then, when he broke the record, I completely hear my words. I think it was amazing. Like, he scored so many goals. Our front three were pro- prolific. Um, yeah, I definitely went on to, to, like, to be completely proved wrong. I think he's one of the one of the best players in the world now. Um, you can say now he's world renowned. He's got that star appeal. Like, he, yeah, he, he t- we joke about it a lot in the group, but he loves that attraction. Like, he's one, probably one player that we can see in like the Galactic, uh, what's it called, in the Galactico colours of the All White Real Madrid. Like, you know, he loves that that kind of light. There's a reason why the Champions League was so big to him. I'm mm. um, winning it, and there's a reason why he wants to take that penalty so bad in the final as well. Just so you can say, I scored in the final. We just that's the kind of like feeling we get from him but yeah he, he loves a big stage as well like just a shy away he's a true professional even for his country as well so yeah man top class player the other player was julian draxler by the way so it was julian that brand was Dra- draxler's been linked to us yeah for how long bro <laughs> oh my days yeah oh, draxler. yeah oh, so it, it was brand draxler and pulisic was coming through back then and he had like massive okay. hype about him yeah it was it was definitely Brant though, because Brant, Brant was. I was like, why don't we sign Brant? Like this guy, like he looks. He, he, he looked so good he looked at, like, for Germany at the World Cup. Yes, you know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And yeah, yeah. So that was it, man. But yeah, I went on to eat my words. Interesting. Interesting. That that's a that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Um I would have gone with Javier Mascherano. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So and that's well, purely that's, interesting that's purely ignorance on my part because um <laughs> he obviously came with Tevez to West Ham via Jarabshian with his um drug dealer. Oh my um, days, I knew I was saying something nuts. Oh end of the day, like Jarabshian's a crook and he 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 was human oh, trafficking. He was <laughs> I don't care. Bleep it out if you want. He was human traffic trafficking two players to West Ham and we obviously heard of Tevez, but we never like we we knew bits and pieces about Mascherano, but we never really got to see him at West Ham. Like I don't think he played much anyway. He played like, like a handful of games. Um, yeah, he played so, like once. Yeah, it was really it was really weird. So like when we then stumped up, was it sixteen million? Something like that. I was yeah. baffed. Mm. I was like, why are we oh. signing this Don that can't even get in the West Ham team? And West Ham was struggling for relegation that season. Like. I, I really couldn't understand it. It made no sense to me. I I, I was, yeah, I, I had no opinion on it other than, like, why are we signing him? Um, but, yeah, like, he he proved us wrong, proved me wrong straight away. Like, he, he was so dominant in midfield. It didn't take him long to adjust. I think it took him, like, a couple of months. Lack of English didn't really matter to him. Um, no. He was a madman in midfield. Obviously, he got sent off against United at Old Trafford and started... Um, scrapping with everyone, but other than that, like in general, he was an but amazing that, midfielder. That red card really pissed me off because he got a yellow card for chatting shit. But I told him to shut up, and he still still carrying, and he got a second yellow card. I was livid. I was so upset. It always, it always happened. South, South Americans are hella lippy, man. Um, just be quiet. But you know what was mad? Like, he continued for like ten minutes afterwards. <laughs> He just continued, and it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, you're actually annoyed me now. <laughs> you know what? Though? Do, do you guys think we'll ever see a midfield greater than the the Mascherano, Xabi Alonso, Gerard no. midfield? No, no. Well, no I, I was just, I was just gonna say on that. You know, Mascherano playing centre midfield, he kicked Gerard out to the, he moved Gerard's position oh, further forward, didn't he? Because yeah, yeah. they realised yeah. Alonso and Mascherano were good. Um, I, I also think that's because. Rafa hates Stevie in midfield because Stevie yeah. is the sort of player that wants to do everything in there. So he's like, he wants to, like, the tactical discipline from Stevie, to be fair. Stevie tactically Zero. didn't have a clue. Yeah. yeah. Zero. Like, so uh, I think Rafa wants, like, listen, I want my two holding midfielders here to just sit and, like, no bombing up and down the pitch like a madman like Stevie used to do, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what, was the, what was the question, sorry, for interrupting? It wasn't even a. It wasn't even a question. I, I think it was a spy telling us about his um, most surprising, like the player that proved him wrong. So Mascherano. No. Oh, so Mascherano. I think it was something along the lines of, "Will we see a better?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, sorry, you're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, 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 brain fart. Yeah, it was. It was just. Do you think we'll ever see another a midfield greater than what obviously for us, um, greater than Alonso, Gerard, uh, Mascherano? Based nah. on ability, no. Yeah. yeah. Because they, those yeah. three were all world class. They were so complementary to each other. So I feel like yeah. they were so well balanced. It's like you know, like when you um, create a team on like FIFA, like on career mode, you get like the holding midfielder, you get the deep playmaker, and then you get the attacking midfielder in a, in a trio. And like yeah. that's basically what Rafa did. And it was so perfectly done, and they were so good at their jobs. Um, it was perfect. 
Mm. And then we signed Lucas. No, 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 yo, 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 I've got respect for Lucas, but when you compare the trio to Lucas being it was a big drop. You know what, you know what, I'm actually surprised that you don't ride for for Lucas Leiva, you know. For what reason? Why am I going to ride for Lucas Leiva? What are you trying to say? Because you ride for Lucas bro. Please, oh my god, are we? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Milner is a much better player than Lucas. Come on, absolutely not. Oh my god, Ellis. Are you being serious? I'm 100% being serious. Lucas, Ellis, Ellis, listen. Ellis, Ellis, Lucas looks like he runs backwards. That's how <laughs> Milner plays half Milner, yeah. When Milner plays centre mid, he plays half of the game on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a player slide in tackles more than Milner, bro. He just loves it. Oh First, my yep, God. he's in. Come I can't on, believe we're Anik, what do you think? Lucas or Milner? I am shocked at this. <laughs> I was gonna make one thing back on a Mascarano point. Um but out of the two, it's, I mean, it's, it's gotta be Milner. I mean, come on. Thank I said that God. he was my Nah, Alright, so wait, so so Mike and Annika are saying Milner. Harold, what are you saying? You've got the deciding vote. <laughs> yes, um, Els, I'm sorry, bro, it's Milner. <laughs> God. <laughs> you know me already, but I die on my heels, bro. <laughs> wait, 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 Els, 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 Els. This is not the hill to die on. You can't die on Lucas. <laughs> this is not the hill to die on. <laughs> now, the thing is, you is a lot of people forget it. Don't forget, like, we're all, oh, like 11, 12. Lucas was that like, manning up that midfield by himself. Bro. He was playing with Jay Spearing and uh, Morelli. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's only a good player, but Milner's just no. much better. He's not. Milner's not. Milner has. Much I wouldn't better. say much better. I think he's better. Yeah, he's I think Milner's better. much better. Than I don't even think he's better. Milner's application think... is better. <laughs> even then, I think Milner's ability is better too. What application? Yes. Mike's all disgusted. Milner's thinking it's left and right foot. Unbelievable athletically. Mate, you a good pass for the ball. For me personally, I'm having Lucas, man. You're you're wow. you're a very very nasty man. That's all. <laughs> I, can't, I I don't have the words to kind of describe you right now. I'm gonna think about it and then I'm gonna leave you a voice note later because I'm in shock. <laughs> Just imagine Lucas the bleep test, mate. Im- like I said, yeah, you're you're right. Imagine Lucas in the bleep test. The bleep test. The- uh, hey, Lucas plays centre centre back for a uh, clock, you know. I'm playing centre back for Klopp fam. Do you know what's Trusted. mad? We signed him as an attacking mid. Fam, he just started drifting back slowly but surely. Slowly but surely, he started drifting back. You know the ones where you sign someone, you're like, you know what? Yeah, you're not who I thought you were. So <laughs> just just play further back and don't <laughs> touch the ball. <laughs> Even play, like, Lucas played in that game where we beat Man United four one fam. Alonso didn't play, but Lucas was there. Badding up that midfield from come oh on, man. God. Oh, come Respect on. the boy. Come on. <laughs> my guy, I die on my heels, B. Wow. <laughs> wow. No, I genuinely wasn't expecting such a shout, but that's Ellis for you. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, good pod, lads. Um, thank you for coming on today. Um, 
yeah make sure everyone to continue um, tweeting us and using the hashtag touchdown fracker Chris will be back next week after he's done with Tory Lanes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my god I thought that got Captain Freak other than that have a nice evening guys and see you next time This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Sports Social Podcast Network.